you're listening to episode two of season two of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, Welcoming Women. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. So Diana, uh, I know that you recently returned from a conference in Sweden, Mm -hmm. and we haven't had a chance to talk about it very much yet, so um, maybe for my benefit as well as for our listeners, can you tell me something about that conference and some of the kinds of themes that people were talking about, things people are excited about these days? Uh, yeah, I was at the uh, Oradev conference in Malmo, Sweden. Um, this was my third time of speaking at that conference. Um, I, I spoke there in 2008 and 2010, and now this year, so I've been leapfrogging <laughs> every other year. Um, it's a it's a really great conference. It's for developers, and most of the content there is technical content. Um, um, but if you know anybody wants to check it out, it's ordev.org, and, and and I highly recommend it. It's a great conference. Um, this year the theme was Viva la Rebellion, and um, the idea behind that was to really look at the things that are going on in the software development world and in the world at large that this this group of participants, there were over a thousand participants and speakers, there were over a hundred speakers, um, you know, what they can influence in, in software development and in the world at large. One thing that came up that um, I know is of interest to both you and I is um, the idea of uh, the need to have more women involved in software development. Uh, since women are uh, at least half of the consumers of software development, mm-hmm. and some people say more than half, mm-hmm. and gender does give us some differences in perspective, although you know there's a lot of con- conversation about what that might what those, how, how we might characterize those differences. The, I, the fact that there are differences hasn't changed. And um, so there was a lot of talk about the need to have more women um, in software development, involved in software development, um, on the technical side and the business side, uh, but particularly on the technical side. And, you know, that was borne out by the fact that there were over 100 speakers and eight of that 100, including me, were women. Mm -hmm. And um, so that... That was an interesting conversation that went on. Uh, each time it would come up, mm-hmm. there would be talk in the hallways and over the lunch tables and things about there had been this session where somebody brought up, you know, that the women don't always feel comfortable on software development teams or how to incorporate those perspectives better or one one thing or another. Um one of the one of the speakers, uh, a woman named Elizabeth Heron, has a blog called The Girl's Guide to Project Management. Um, and so she specifically talked about it. And, um, and there would be this interesting response from the group where some people would be saying, yeah, yeah, you know, we need to include more women. We need to be more egalitarian. 
And then there were still the, what we call programmers, the guys who really liked the fact that software development is kind of a guy's game and a guy's world. And, and they weren't so sure about how much they want to include women. While they, while they know it's the sort of politically correct stance to take, at the same time, you know, not so sure that they want women on their team because they might have to change their behavior if they do that. So it was and, a very and what interesting... exactly would be different about that than than in any other sphere? Well, um, right, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, okay. this has happened before in right. other industries, but it, right. it just I think um, and one of the things that's interesting about it happening here is that this is one of the interest one of the industries where. Uh, the people involved in it are all really smart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knowledge workers and cultural creatives at a very mm -hmm. high level of mm -hmm. capability. And, the you know, the decisions that they make are really going to affect all of our world. And, um, and so it was this interesting sort of undercurrent that was going on. Uh, I noticed that the, uh, I don't think it was the, the morning keynote on the last day, the um, Steve, who was introducing the um, keynote speaker, went off on kind of a little rant about the need for more women and so on. And then he invited, uh, he asked for at the end of the keynote that the women and the technical women who were there as participants in the audience, if they would come up on stage and have their picture taken so that they can begin to, or Dev can begin to help get the word out about, you know, there are these bright, capable women involved in software. But what I noticed was that at the end of the keynote, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Everybody just left. Right. Not and surprising. I think not surprising. And I wonder how surprised the organizers were that everybody's just... I'm doing now air quotes, mm -hmm. forgot right. to follow through on that. Right. Both both the organizers who did not say, now remember, we're going to do this, and the participants, none of whom offered. But, so you know, so you, you know and I know that, that yeah. historically there's a great deal of ambivalence, um, right. especially among younger women, to step up and say, there's a problem here. Yeah. You know, they want to believe that we are in a time and place where they're, men and women are totally equal in all ways, and that's actually the myth that they've been taught in many yeah. ways. Um, and when you confront them around the reality that that yeah. is not quite the case um, in, in some ways, people often, you know, react yeah. that way where they don't want to attract special attention right. so on the other hand I just want to say this mm. is the first software conference I've been to where there were actually women there with babies really yes all right women, there were a couple of women I saw and maybe one that I kept bumping into over and over and her baby was delightful I had a great time <laughs> carrying him around for a little bit uh, but there were a couple of others as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that may be reflection of the fact that we were in Sweden. I don't know if that would happen mm -hmm. anywhere else. Mm -hmm. But 
you know, so at the same time that was going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But so what 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 was the speculation that you heard? And and I'm remembering that there was a study that you and I looked at a number of years ago that said that particularly with respect to um to technical folks, that the quality of the relationship between the employee and their immediate supervisor was the single most important mm -hmm. ingredient in terms of keeping women connected. Yeah. Um, and that women who felt that their supervisor really didn't take their, uh, didn't, they didn't have that connection and didn't, they didn't take their, um, their professional and personal development, you know, really seriously, were much more apt to leave technical positions. Yeah. Uh, and while I think that that may be truer than not in across the board, the the fact was this particular research study, which I can't think, the Athena report. The that's Athena what it report, was. right? Um that they, and it was done by Sylvia Hewitt and some other folks in New York at the Work-Life Quality Institute, um, that they, that I, my, my thought was that, um, or I guess my question is, did that issue come up or, or did other issues come up? What was, what was the hypothesis no, about why, um, why this is still true now? Well, I felt like um, I don't know if there was a lot of conversation about why it's true. Just the observation. It, just, it was more just the observation and the um, and the awareness that that situation needs to change. If anything, and this is you know. I had a few conversations, so I don't know how much I'm representing the whole conference here at all, so I want to be very careful about that. But the sense that I got here was more uh, that people were tagging it, tagging the lack of women or, or when women are on software teams, their discomfort there more to their relationship with their coworkers. Uh, you know, how are the other programmers? How are the other testers? How, you know, how, how is that relationship going? And, and this is not an agile conference. So by no means were all of these people, uh, working in sort of cross-functional self-organizing teams. So a lot of them are still in um, groups, I won't call them teams, groups mm -hmm. of individual contributors that are mm -hmm. working together to, to build some software. And so, uh, but still that, you know, the need for handoffs, the, I think, I think there are some less sort of basic respect issues, uh, and how respect gets, um, shown, shown or mm -hmm. not shown, um, you know, inclusion, uh, all there... those kinds of things. It felt more like it that the the supposition was that the issue was there. Now, I mean, these podcasts are about leadership, right? And and I don't know if there weren't more people talking about the role of leaders in making a change in that kind of work culture. 
because most people were there are practitioners kind of in the trenches kind of folks who don't take that view. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so I think it just didn't get discussed that mm-hmm. much. Um, so yeah. did you, did you have some of any observations about where those people are located? Were they, um, Americans, uh, were they Europeans, uh, were they age-wise, you know, younger, older? Help me understand where, you know, what, where these comments were coming from. Um, well, the conference is in Sweden, so most of the people attending the conference were from Sweden. Sweden. Were, well, from, or from Sweden or Denmark. Um, I mean, the Malmo is very close to Denmark, right. so... So, um, and then a few more Scan- Scandinavians in general, so Nor- Norwegians and Finns, and um, I don't know, I didn't meet anyone from Iceland, so I don't know if they were there. There were some people from Germany. There were uh, a number of speakers uh, f- who were there, and I think participants too, from Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, quite a number of folks from the U.S., um, and, you know, I don't know how much further it went than that. I mean, there was like, uh, you know, a couple people from other countries, Yeah. you know, uh, I think there were maybe some Eastern European folks there, but, um, but primarily, uh, Western minds, right? Yeah, Western, right. Western culture, uh, either Western Europe or the U.S., um, I think would, were the bulk of the folks. Mm-hmm. And quite a few from Sweden, which is, you know, we think of as being quite an egalitarian right. culture as cultures go. Right. But clearly that's a relative measure. <laughs> yeah. So that's what uh, I was trying to understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, nobody seemed to be thrown by the fact that a couple of women brought their babies you know, there were no children, mm-hmm. but these were babies who still needed, you know, care. Mm-hmm. So, uh, needed to be close to their moms. So mm-hmm. they were there, but, um, yeah, I, there's a, one young woman who attended this conference, her name's Iris Clausen, um, who has a blog that I can't remember the name of right now, but what, um, how I was introduced to her before I even actually met her in person was I followed a link to uh, a YouTube video that she made that was a, a spoof or a satire on another video uh, that it, a young woman made called I Love Cats. And Iris had created this video, um, I Love Programming, or I Love Code, and in which she uh, films herself just thinking about code and totally becoming absorbed in it and just, you know, emotionally attached and to the point of tears. That must be hilarious. It is hilarious. And what's interesting to me about it is um, Iris was one of the speakers uh, on a technical topic uh, or a couple technical topics and she does love code. I mean, she loves the world that she's in. She made a career change to be where she is. And and so while the video is kind of a spoof, 
Still, she has found a connection with this work that is very real. Mm-hmm. And, and she's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and was acknowledged by other people at the conference, um, uh, men at the conference, to be very good at what she does. And so, you know, it's, it, I think it's important that younger women... Um, women who are still in, you know, high school, secondary, their secondary education, their college education, know that there really are women out there, bright, capable, attractive women who are finding their place and who really can um, make this kind of, you know, find this kind of passion for this kind of work. And that it's not just a thing to do to make more money. That there really can be a strong interest there, and there are women who find that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I tend to meet more women who are working in testing and quality assurance areas than I do in um, in programming. But you know, both are there, and some testers start out as programmers, and some pro- testers move mm-hmm. into programming. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a um, there's just that you know that this is this is really possible, and, you know. And I when I first when I first started out, I thought I was going to be a systems analyst, and I was really thrilled with the idea of being a systems analyst. And one thing and another led me in a different direction. Long story, but. Um, you know, there are those of us whose minds work in that way, who mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. that kind of analysis and the then the the creativity of working with technical things and uh, with data. You know, right? So, so I guess I'm I'm, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I guess what I'm still curious about is is what is it about the environment that that these folks are living in that would that would lead women to feel that um, it's not a congenial environment right. for them are they are whatever those barriers are yeah well and uh, and and then the question is you know what can leaders do to change those conditions right exactly yeah, yeah. exactly and and that's the i think that's the big the big question um, you know it may have its own flavor, but a lot of it is like any other uh, field. Um, you know, I have a uh, uh, someone who's close to me who was an electrician for many years, and he, you know, he would comment on how difficult it was for women to break into electrical work to become electricians. Um, there is that sort of, and and of course we've seen it in management ranks for years and years. I mean, there is that just sort of sense of this is the boys' club, mm-hmm. and and that manifests itself in a variety of ways. But that you know, we can hang out, we can scratch our crotches if we want to, we can you know we can be crude, we can do whatever we want if there are no women around. And if women come around, well, they just have to deal with the fact that this is how we behave when we're together as guys. And, I mean, I experienced that year, I mean, I don't even want to say how long ago, when for a short period of time I worked in a plywood mill. 
um, they kind of didn't know much what to do with me. And the few women who were there, which were very few, had just learned to develop very, very thick skins and had become both resentful of the fact that they had to do that and compliant with the fact that they just had to be thick-skinned and you know right. couldn't express um, if they were feeling offended or whatever. My, my strategy when I was in that position was I just hid out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, if, if it was downtime or coffee break or whatever, I found someplace else to be. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I was just doing my work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens a lot. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you yeah. know, everything you're describing now, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we've known, we've been talking right. about since the mid-70s. Right. Um, and we, we know that um, in, in many ways things have changed for the better. No yeah. question about it. Right. But in subtle ways, um, there are, there's still a residue. And I think before we can um, change those things, we really have to understand what's left. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how these issues get manifested. And I would encourage anyone that's listening to, um, to comment so that we mm-hmm. can, um, we have some more data Right. Um, we have some more live, um, you know, understanding, uh, so that we can begin to um, dismantle some mm-hmm. of the, some of those some of those barriers that are still left. Right. Um, well, and for background, looking up the Athena report, if people have an interest in this area, that's a really good place to to look for some. Um, you know, good research about yeah, what's we going can, on. Um, and, and we could translate for that. Yeah, too. we could. I don't know if that's posted on our website right now, but I don't think it is, but we can certainly post a link to it. Um, so that would be mm-hmm. easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have it. Yeah. Um, and maybe um, if we get some feedback, it would be interesting to, to talk about about some of that in light of what we've learned now, in mm-hmm. light of what we've learned about, you know, gender differences in the brain. I mean, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff now that we know that we didn't know 20 and 30 years ago that we could use as tools to help us um, so that this is less about, you know, good people, bad people, or, the, yeah. you know, and more about we, if we all want the same goal what is it that's getting in our way yeah. that we that we could we could work on yeah yeah so you as listeners we'd really like to hear from you um you know what your questions are in this area and also what your experiences have been if you're a woman on a software team and that's worked out well for you if that you know if you're struggling with that we'd love to read your comments and and get into a dialogue with you about that if you're someone, um, if you're a man who's 
concerned about including women on your team, let us let us know and let's have let's have some conversation about that. Well, and, and if you're not if you're, soft, if you're not on a software team, but right. you know you're, you're experiencing you're, the same yeah, thing, yeah, 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 yeah. then yeah. we would want to hear that. Absolutely, well. yeah. And if you're leading and you've come across, you know, if you've come up with some good ways of um, making your work environment more friendly to uh, technical women, please let us know what you've been doing that we could share. If you have any thoughts or comments you'd like to share, please leave them on our blog or email us at leadershippodcast at gmail.com. This has been episode two of season two of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.